You're listening to the Seasons Change Podcast. Oh, yeah, it's time for another episode of Seasons Change. I'm your host, Vactor, and I've got the always angry Jeff W. with me. But before Jeff chimes in, I just want to let you know Seasons Change is your weekly geekly dose of everything Jeff W. and I have been consuming throughout the week, whether it's movies, TV shows, comic books, or video games. Whatever comes across our screen, that's what we're going to be talking about on Seasons Change. And we've switched up. Our format a little bit we've been trying to incorporate more comics into the show so we're starting off with a comic book corner and then we're going into our main discussion and then at the end jeff and i give our recommendations for things we want you to check out so that is our seasons change show format if you'd like to comment on it or leave us a just a little bit of feedback you can always do that on apple Podcasts. And now on Spotify, because they've got rankings and, or I should say ratings on Spotify now. So if you want to let everybody know what you're thinking about Seasons Change, check out our show on Spotify. Jeff, have you started listening to podcasts on Spotify yet? Or are you still doing the same? Are you doing Pocket Casts? Yeah, I'm doing Pocket Casts. Okay. Uh, almost 90%. Unless there is like the one, uh, the one I mentioned last week. Unless they have something exclusive, uh, then I'll listen to it there. But typically, yeah, Pocket Casts. Yeah, and you know what I've noticed lately? Video podcasts have been either YouTube or Spotify. So like with the, um, what's the, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh yeah, those they, guys doing their own. Yeah, yeah, they started a podcast, and then just now they started doing video, and they they're only doing video on Spotify or on YouTube. So mm-hmm. I guess Spotify has some type of deal, like maybe incentive where they're trying to get creators to make video on Spotify, but. As a as a viewer, as a listener, I haven't necessarily gone over there. I'm still YouTube. Whenever it's when not, when I think video, I think YouTube. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the um, client that they have yeah, and the video player. Like the that player. They have. Yeah, and it, to mm-hmm. me, I mean, obviously, YouTube's kind of the kind of the gold standard, you know, uh, in terms yeah. of having a good player that's responsive and stuff. And uh, yeah, but I'm not a big we're not on guy. video yet. Maybe one day. We'll put video out there on YouTube and on Spotify. But in the meantime, you can always check us out on our Twitter. And we have an Instagram now, seasons underscore podcast. Um, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can always go over to our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash seasons change slash message. Or on the Anchor app, there's a little message button. And this week, just to show you that it actually works, my mom left us a voicemail. So we're going to play that voicemail right now we're gonna get right in okay guys another great podcast i enjoy listening to the angry jeff w so keep up the great work cheers all right thanks mom for that voicemail and if you want to sound like my mom you can always like i said head over to our show page on anchor or the anchor app it's really cool how you can leave a voicemail in there and do it right off your phone really simple real easy and the quality is actually pretty good because most smartphone microphones are pretty good these days. So check that out. Yep. Also, Thanks, before Ms. we v. get in, yeah, thank you, mom. Uh, before we get into our show, want to thank our boy Shoff from the Geek So to Speak podcast, which I have a comic book segment. If you don't know, Vector loves comics over on Geek So to Speak. Jeff and I are playing video games on the YouTube page 
We're going to be hopefully doing some Back for Blood uh, Rob on the Geek, so to speak, YouTube channel, but check them out. Uh, actually, Wonder Rob puts out a bunch of videos throughout the week of what he's been playing, but specifically our boy Shoff. Thank you for doing our bumper that he does at the beginning. He's the first one. And if you listen to our show, he's the last person you hear at the very end. So a little Shoff Easter egg at the end. Uh, but we have his Fiverr page in the show notes. You can check him out. And one last thing, Jeff, our girl Bree, um, does the actual um, trailer for our show on yep. Anchor. So I asked her to give us something that, um, you know, a place where you can find her. So if you want her website, she's a real good voice actress. So check her out as well. So we got some, a couple of voice acting friends. Uh, maybe they can get us some connections in the business and mm -hmm. get, get us some roles there, Jeff. Yeah. All right. Let's get into our comics corner, Jeff. So you've been reading something that we've talked about before on this show, and it's the puzzle box, right? Yeah, yeah, the uh, the Joker puzzle box. And um, I think when when the last time we talked about it, it was a little bit a little bit slow, right? I don't think yes. we were I don't think we were that big of fans. And by the way, that intro took forever. Jeez, I would finally could talk about it. this. Oh my it's god. It's gonna get longer and longer, Jeff. Jeez. Um <laughs> no, so yeah, so um yeah, I don't I don't think we were huge fans of it after like man, how many did we read for that? Like five? Yeah, five, five or six. Six. Um and it's uh the last I was sorry, I was reading it, uh I was catching up on it last night. It's up to, I think it goes to 14 issues, I think is where it's at, um, when it ends. And, um, you know... Oh, it ended? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it finished. Okay. The story finishes up in that. And, you know, I would almost say, like, it'd be... Because you can kind of blow through it, because they're not full issues. They're like they they're like 19 pages or something. They're okay. a little short. Um, they're not the full 32. Um, but uh, I will say, you know... It, the story, it's st I, st I still would say it's kind of a struggle because I, I don't know, because I just left off where we left off, right? I just went right from there and, and continued. I didn't reread the whole thing. Right. Um, because I just remember not being a huge fan of the initial uh, issues and specifically the ones where you're like waiting for the twist to happen. Mm -hmm. And we thought, remember, we thought it was going to be like six or seven, I think. And I think they might have even said that. And then it ended up being uh, 14 issues or whatever. Right. So anyway, to get into the content of it, um, and should I go full spoiler or should yeah. I read? Do you read? Okay. So this thing does, and it's kind of like any Batman comic could do the same thing for me um, where, you know, there's things I like about it and then there's things I'm just not a huge fan of. And I, I guess I'll start off with some of the, the positive things, you know. And there's a panel in our notes this week. Um, they do a good job of keeping this interesting. You know, we've talked about how this upcoming Batman movie, we would like it to be, and I think this has been said a ton by everybody, you know, nothing that, like, unique here, but um, you'd like to see more of the detective aspect. You'd like to see more of the mystery aspect of Batman come out. Like, right. It shouldn't be like, and, I, and I'm all for like, you know, the more actiony Batman stuff. But I, I would say, you know, the some of my favorite movies of all time, you know, it, it, are, are thrillers, are mysteries. You know, like there's going to be a little bit of a twist somewhere. You know, um, 
So I'm just waiting, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for that kind of a thing uh, once we get the movie. But uh, that's kind of what this whole thing's going for. Uh, basically, there's this, like, mystery, like, I don't even know what you would call it. Like, it's just a box, but it looks like a little, you know, mechanical contraption that they have. And, you know, as you're going through all the issues, they're, you know, or I guess I'll give a basic premise of what's happening. All of the rogues gallery are in this one cell in uh, in Gotham. They're all locked up. And then they're slowly being interrogated one by one, you know, as uh, as to why the Riddler's dead. They found the Riddler dead. Right. So um, they're kind of all giving their story and, and, you know, giving their background on it. And you're trying to piece together. At least I was last night when I was going through the the final issues. I was trying to piece together what was happening or what they were going to do, you know, before it, it hit. And I think you can kind of guess it in some ways, but it was, I'll give them credit, like I didn't fully see what was going to happen there. Although, I mean, you know, all of the covers leading up, you know, have Joker in it. So you kind of are anticipating like the Joker twist, like where does he, you know, how does he play into this, right? Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, I'm sorry. And it's the title is The Joker Presents a Puzzle Box. So it's like, yeah. it's got Joker in the title. Yeah. And so, like, you know, you're going through it, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure other comics have done this in the past. So the panel that I put up there, it's they. I thought the the one thing I do think was uh, was pretty interesting that I enjoyed in this. They um, so they're giving every member of the gallery their their time to, you know, tell their side of the story. They're interrogating them and they're telling them what happened, and so. They rerun this same scene here that you can see where they're all in the room with this box and then they go over like, you know, they're they're talking about it and all this stuff. Uh, they rerun this back like almost in every issue, um, I think. Uh, I can't remember the earlier ones, but at least the, late, the last half of this, the final five to six issues, they run this back every single time. So I'm assuming they did it in the early ones. I just can't remember. Um, you know, and I thought it was interesting because... You know, they would run this back every time, but you would get the um, you would get the different perspectives, you know, and you would get like funny things like, you know, like if you look at the one that I posted, it's it's all of the and I'll describe it. It's all of the ones, all of the rogues gallery, I'm sorry, in a room. And this is the penguins uh, telling of the story. So you can see the penguin. He's like taller than everybody. Like everybody else is like <laughs> short, you know, you can see they look like kids or they look, you know, little. And then like when it gets to him, like, so basically the concept is they're in this warehouse and then, you know, Batman shows up and then they all try to escape or whatever. Right. And, you know, in that, in, in Penguin's telling of it, like he beats up Batman and he gets out and, you know, he does all this stuff, even though he's in jail now, you know, so, you know, clearly <laughs> his, his, um, his, you know, telling of events is skewed or off, right. you know? Um, so I think that's interesting. And like, you know, the, the narrators to the story, you know, being Joker and, you know, whoever's telling their interrogation, basically how unreliable they are. Right. So there's, there's certain threads, you know, within the story that they're telling. Um, that's pretty good. Um, uh, or that tie in together, but then, you know, you're trying to like pick out like what's consistent between the stories and, and everything. But anyway, so as you can guess it, you know, it, it basically ends up being Joker the whole time. He has fooled them all into doing that. And 
to get into things I don't like about this book, number one, I thought it was slow in the beginning. You know, we talked about that before. And, you know, they do the thing where... So I'm going to ask you a question. So if you're ever reading any any Batman book ever, okay, and there's a character on screen or on the panel that everybody's like, oh, my God, why would they be doing that? That's weird of, you know, X character to do that. He would never do that. Why would Batman run off with this puzzle box? You know, why would he try to steal this from everybody? It seems like he's working with the Joker. Who do you think it is? Or what do you think that twist is? It's got to be the Joker. No, think of it. Who's the other character? Who's the character in Batman that can disguise himself? Oh, Clayface. Yeah. So, as you can get, like, to me, that was so easy. I was like, there's not even a question. Because you're looking at all the villains, and you don't see Clayface, right? In the prison, you don't see him anywhere. Which... Is also kind of confusing because in current continuity, he's mm. a good guy. He's he oh, helps wow. Batman. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so okay. they've changed that. Yeah. So and, that's um, kind of confusing. And so they they do that twist where they're like, "Hey, guess what? This guy's Clayface." You know, Clayface comes in and he does his thing, right? Which is fine to me. But how many times have we seen that? I mean, we've seen right. that. I mean, I mean, anytime Clayface is brought up, that's what happens. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. like. And maybe, and actually, I'm interested in that in that storyline. If he's, you know, if they've twisted his character around to be like um, uh, different than that, you know, if yeah, they he's could do part more of the him. Bat family now. It's actually in that Tom mm. King run. Oh, okay, um, it's in that. So yeah, okay. definitely check that out. So anyway, uh, so basically, they pull off some stuff. I'm not gonna. I don't want to spoil every little aspect of it because I think it'd be interesting. But you know, basically, the Joker was behind all of it, and it was a way <laughs> surprise. And, and, and the, the 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 puzzle box ends up being nothing. It's just a wow. way for him to, like, mess with everybody. So you feel at the end, you're like, you know, there is that, like, chaotic, um, you know, like, you know, we talked about your wife, how she likes the crazy characters. There is a yes. bit of, like, you know, the Joker is like, hey, I respect it because it's just him being chaotic. It's, like, the reason you don't want to give him an origin story or whatever. Right. Because you like to think he's just crazy. Right. Um, and then I think this this book shows a little bit of the other side. Where you're like, okay, like I respect somebody that wants to go for that aspect of the Joker. Like, hey, don't give a reason behind what he's doing. Don't give explanations. He's just crazy, right? But then you get to this and you're like, all right, well, I guess he was just crazy the whole time. <laughs> I don't know. You know. It feels a little bit of like a, it's a bit of a wet fart, you know, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, I, man, I, there's interesting takes and they have all those different artists doing a bunch of different. So like from issue to issue, it looks different. And I think that plays into the, the different perspectives, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but like having a different artist, like draw Harley Quinn's, you know, whereas like a different artist will draw the penguins recollection of this. You know, I think that is, uh, an interesting take. And, and I don't think this book is, is trash. I would say like, maybe I would recommend it to somebody like you, but I would don't think I could recommend it, you know, outside of that. Okay. You know, I think you would have to be predisposed to liking it before I would hand this to somebody to read. You know? Okay. Yeah, and I've just I've got so many things I'm trying to read. It's like, does this go above, you know, all the other ones that I want to get caught up on? Yeah. And the description I really like the covers and I like the the artwork that I saw, but um I'd have to really get caught up. I'd have to have like nothing else on my plate to want to, to go into it. 
Yeah, and I was say the the one other thing they because they they get into it they almost like tease it like that, uh, but then it, it just ends up being Joker just just you know being deceptive. Um, right. They kind of tease like Joker and Riddler working together um, in this and like. You know, they, he, it's funny, even like they have dialogue in here where they're like, no, we're the same kind of kindred spirits. We're the same person or kind of like they kind of, I think, are poking fun of like the Joker and the Riddler kind of being similar, you know, oh. like you can, you can kind of interchange those characters in a lot of ways, you know, right. Like, one's obviously crazier and there's different aspects to the Riddler being like, you know, the most intelligent one, you know, and being able to, to do all this stuff. But, um, you know, in terms of chaos, you know very similar um right which just and makes me think actually like, or yeah go ahead that actually is what was good about tom king's run there was hmm. a war between the joker and the riddler and the villains had to choose sides so oh, okay. half of them went to the joker side half went to the riddler side and it was playing up i guess maybe that they are kind of similar but mm-hmm. that whole storyline was great too that's another yeah. one to check out. Sounds like I should probably just read his run. Yeah, read the whole um, thing. But I'll never do it because you want me to. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and actually it just makes me kind of appreciate those moments where I'm like, I'm like, you know, I think the new, it gives me confidence in the new Batman movie where I'm like, yes, you know, yes. the Riddler to me is like, there's just, I think there's so many ways you can go with it. That it could be the Jim like, Carrey version. You got the serious version. Yeah. Which we're and probably like, going to see in this new movie. Yeah, and that's what it seems like we're going to get, right, obviously. Like, obviously, we don't know for sure, but, I mean, that's where all signs are pointing. But I think that's, like, you know, reading this just makes me think of that movie coming up. You know, I'm like... Yeah, nice. I'm like, I, I like the, the Riddler aspect. Um, and, I, and I hope that they, you know, don't just write him off as, like, a, a jokey guy in, a, in, a, in like, a, you know, a, a jacket covered in question marks or whatever Jim Carrey right. is doing. Um but uh, yeah, that's kind of it on this. I okay. don't know if you really care too much to to read it. I like I said, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I'd go out of my way if I were you to read it. Okay. It's not something that's gonna. I don't know, change your life, you know. Yeah, <laughs> or, or I think, like I said, if I just have nothing else to read, maybe I'll go to it. But mm-hmm. um, I appreciate hearing your thoughts on. The Joker presents a puzzle box, and hopefully our readers did as well. Uh, something else that we also had talked about on a previous show was Made in Korea. Yeah, and I think we both finished all, it, right? Yeah, we both finished. The, it's a six-issue yeah. miniseries, and we both finished it. So what were your thoughts overall on Made in Korea and then on the ending? You know, I think... I mean, I think you know, it's, it's actually been... Um, you know, and, and I think everything else that we talked about early on uh, in the series, I think holds true. Like, I love how the book looks. It's one of my favorite, um, like, looking books. You know, the the yeah, aspect artist, of the art by George Shaw. Yeah, and like, and like, even like the coloring and like the greenness of when he's you know in Korea in the early issues, where you know yes. they have this like, I'm not gonna say Matrix, but he has that like green hue of a computer that we all know about, like how they convey mm-hmm. a computer screen as being like this green tint. Um, there's a ton of stuff I liked about that uh, and everything, and then, and that holds true, I think, in the final issues. The only thing that I had a problem with in this was the ending. Um, it kind of, you know, 
I was hoping for something more dramatic, maybe. Mm. Yeah. I don't know how you felt about that. Did it? I, so I, I guess, do you want to recap what this, happened? Do you want to? Yeah, I felt the same yeah. way. And anticlimactic is the word that came to my mind when yeah. I finished it. And mm. actually, when I finished it, I was like still swiping. Okay, wh- where's the rest? Where's the, this isn't the ending, right? Like where's, yeah. Because there was something else after it. There was like a little, um, there was a, something else that came after it. So I was like, all right, get through all this. Where's the rest of it? Where's the ending? And then yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So there must be another issue, right? Mm-hmm. And then I looked and I was like, no, this is the end. And I was like, well, that was anticlimactic. Yeah. yeah. So basically, um, spoilers for Made in Korea. If you're not interested, um, actually go back and listen to our previous episode that we did on Made in Korea at the beginning, because this debuted back in March of last year. So we yeah. talked about the first couple issues. And um, like I said, if you, if you don't want to be spoiled, we're going to spoil it right now. So the whole thing had been a female robot, artificial intelligence, that was kind of gaining sentience, kind of understanding her place in the world and, and becoming like she wanted to live. So they were trying to get her out. The, the mothers and the father were trying to save her. And then also the creator of the AI was trying to save her. Mm-hmm. He ended up getting her out of the the bad stuff that was happening in the school system and in the whole town and brought her back to Korea. And then once she got back to Korea, she went to the factory, transferred her consciousness to a male body, and yeah. then the creator was looking at some bodies and he was kind of like, in shock or well it was his like cousin or his partner right was like yeah he was showing him hey we're gonna believe this yeah pick whatever form you want you can have fun you can be with any male female and there was transgender like you can be with anything you want yeah and then at the end he's like putting two and two together like oh wait a minute i i'm admiring the form and all this and then it cuts to the male robot at the parents' house. Hey, I'm back. Yeah. And I was like, and that was it. That's the end. The yeah. end of the book is, hi, mom. I'm yeah. back. So, so the end, like, yeah. So just, just to say it again real quick, the end of the book is the robot that they chased down and they did all this stuff for and also was like tearing shit up. Let's be honest. You know what I mean? Like it had like superpowers, remember? Like it was like- yes. Right. murdering people it was going right. crazy and you're like okay cool so you well, get you figured to the there was going to be some ramifications for that like oh okay yeah all of these people died like all this stuff there's got to be some ramifications right right or like you think there would be like well hey now we've revealed this the abilities maybe something will happen with that right you know and i think the most we got out of this final issue was um her doing a, or the robot doing a yoga stance on water. Yes. You know, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, so I really like this book, but what the hell is going on here? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what are you doing in this final issue? Mm-hmm. And, and this, again, like, I appreciate the, um, the, the turn. I can, I can appreciate not giving me what I'm expecting. Um, I also can appreciate, I think the, um, like you said, I think I appreciate the social commentary that's happening in this mm-hmm. thing, you know, at the end of like, hey, you know, 
the you know somebody making choices and, and switching over to like a different uh, body or a different person or becoming who they want to be or whatever you know right. i appreciate all that and i see the you know the comparisons to reality um it just felt like like oh man you're not going to break out of this thing you have like these like superhuman abilities you're different than every robot in there but you're just not gonna you know what i mean like you're just gonna sneak out of here and that's the end right and i guess you're kind of limited you know if they're only doing six issues you can only do so much mm -hmm. um but yeah i would say yeah anticlimactic is almost the perfect word yeah almost yeah. the perfect word right. i think you know yeah i was um expecting more and maybe they'll do a follow-up later but at this point in time there's nothing planned out for this so I enjoyed the art by George Shaw, and mm -hmm. I like you know any type of artificial intelligence stories. I've said that before is something that I enjoy. So yeah. Um, also, I was actually, say, um, just real quick, what what confused me too was like, so the the Korean gentleman uh, who's in the story the whole time trying to track down the robot, kind mm -hmm. of. So I was like, at first I'm I'm like read it last night, and I'm like. I'm like, did he, did the robot transfer her consciousness into the guy or, you know what I mean? I was like, because they look kind of the same, you know what I mean? They both have like the same kind of beard and like hair, long hair, long, dark hair and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, this thing was not only a little anticlimactic at the end, but like at least a tad confusing. Cause you're just like, like what happened? Like they don't really explain it. Like they don't show that happening. So you just kind of just get stuck with this, like sort of a, just a real quick recap of the end, and then they just end the book. You know? Right. And so. I actually had, hadn't read it in a while, and I was coming back to that issue, mm -hmm. and I had forgotten about that guy. But yeah. they don't do a great job of, if you're reading it you know, month to month, or if, you're, if you fell behind, they don't recap it at all. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, I'm a big artificial intelligence guy, and... Um, that's what attracted me to Made in Korea. So if you're yeah. like me, you'll enjoy a lot of that stuff. But just the ending, I don't think they quite stuck the landing for Made in Korea. Yeah. I would, I would another agree. Yeah. kind of artificial intelligent book that we have talked about before was Radiant Black. Now, they are currently on issue 11 of Radiant Black. What, do you remember where you left off? Okay, so where I left off... And I guess I can describe my problem with this with this book too. Um, so I left off when they were revealed all of the other colors. So like it yes. starts off they're like red and blue, right? And then there's like this, you know, they reveal and you can just spoil this book because I don't care. Mm -hmm. um, but um, and then they reveal that there are more colors and there was like a portal I think of like uh, of like all these other like different colored versions of that same hero or villain hero whatever right. it is you know you don't know at the time i guess that's um, issue seven and actually the second trade paperback is called mm -hmm. team up and on the cover you see yellow red blue pink oh, okay. flying so you'll you're um you're mm -hmm. seeing the team coming together yeah and so i guess just real quick my problem with the book too was also the genericness of that character the way it mm -hmm. looked to me i thought right. it was very plain right um so yeah, what did you think of? Did you are you caught up or where are you at? I'm on the current issue, which came out in December. The mm -hmm. next issue comes out in February, so they took a January they took January off. Um, should say it's 
Kyle Higgins and Marcelo Costa um, on the art. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on the current issue. I'm enjoying it, but it's not blowing me away. I do. It's interesting enough that I want to keep going and seeing what happens. There is some stuff with the team that's interesting that you haven't gotten to yet, where each one kind of has their own separate powers. They all have their own personalities, and they've all been thrown into it. Also, remember the original guy that was in the suit. So yes. it starts off with... That gets killed. Right? Yeah, well, it starts off with a guy. It's following his whole life, and then he gets the suit, which is basically, to recap this, the premise, The Greatest American Hero was a TV show in the 70s. Now... It's really mainly only remembered for its theme song. And that's the one, believe it or not, I'm walking on air. That okay, song, yeah, which George Costanza used in Seinfeld as his uh, voicemail. This but, song, this sounds all sounds like boomer stuff, but go ahead. You keep, keep going. You All right. Jeff W. <laughs> is so angry that he doesn't know the greatest American hero. Look it up on YouTube. It sounds like He-Man or something like something it's boomer. It's basically is this, this guy. Is this G.I. Joe or something like that? No, it's a guy who gets a suit. <laughs> it's very similar to Radiant Black. He gets a suit, and it's an alien suit. The oh. suit came with instructions. He lost the instructions. So he doesn't know how the powers work, and that's the whole comedy of it, is he's trying to be a superhero, but he doesn't know how to fly. He doesn't know how to like use it correctly. Okay. So this, like is the, like, this is like boomer-era superhero a little bit, like Six Million Dollar Man. Yes, in that okay. same era, 70s um, sitcoms before the MCU, before a lot of the superhero stuff. This was the only thing. So when I was growing up as a kid, my dad mm-hmm. loved this show. And so he was like, oh, okay. You like superheroes, right? So watch mm-hmm. this show. And my dad really liked it. So that's how I, I, I watched it on reruns. I was not gotcha. alive in the 70s. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. this book feels like The Greatest American Hero 2.0. It's He finds a costume. The costume has superpowers. He doesn't quite know how it works. That's mm-hmm. the story. Now, what's different is, like you said, he he has a team that they were all trying to stop another person. But the um the thing that also makes us different was the main guy who we followed at the beginning ends up dying, and it switches over to his best friend who had been in there from the start, but he was just a background character. Yeah, so I he thought just that gets was kind of blessed with the care. Yeah, the, yeah. So he thing. is now the main character. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, that would be how I would market it to somebody. Like, if you think that's interesting, that's the sound of that, then you'll probably like Radiant Black. Again, like I said, it, it hasn't really blown me away where I'm like, Jeff, you got to read this, like what I'm going to talk about on our main discussion this week. Yeah. But it is interesting enough that I want to keep going and see where it ends up. Also, that guy is not dead. The main... The first guy that held the suit, he is not dead. He is. Oh, okay. he was on life support, and they bring him back in the tenth issue. So the one that I had just read, they brought him back, uh, and so now he's like, "Oh, so you have the suit now? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm happy for you." So there's probably going to be like some drama there, but so there is. I was going to ask just real quick: um, Have they revealed? Is there a villain yet? Yes, there's an. Another alien that has like a super suit and he comes down, he's taken out everybody and he's like, he knows how it works. Looks okay. like he is an actual alien. Okay. And does so he he's, look like them or is it? 
is it a totally different look? He, it's not like he no, has a suit. No, he has a suit, and it's okay. he has a so cape. Okay, so he yeah. How do they differentiate him from the other colors? I guess is what I'm. Yeah, asking. he has a cape, and then he's also got like a slash on his chest. Like it is visually different. Like you know him when he's when he's okay. coming down the street. Okay. Versus yeah. the other guys. Um, so I'm finding it interesting. There's also a really one of the issues that has this trippy thing where he goes to an alternate dimension, and it's like a mind bending thing where the words go upside down, like you're reading in a circle all kind of different color and light effects. But that issue was actually really interesting, really cool. Um, something that you don't see every day. It was kind of like a Doctor Strange, you know, yeah. going into the mirror dimension or something like that. Right. So I actually really liked that issue in particular. And I think the team and the colors grow on you as you progress. So if you didn't like those guys at first, I think you'll, you'll catch mm. on to them and you'll like them later. Okay. Yeah, I just thought it was a little generic to me. There was yeah. nothing that stood out. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's mm -hmm. no, like, just visually on the page, at least. Yeah. Well, even in, like I said, even in the story, the thing that stands out is, oh, it switches protagonists. That's really the only thing. Other than that, it's all kind of the same. It's like Invincible, really. I feel very similar to Invincible, and it's also an, an image book. But if any of that sounded interesting, um, like I said, I'm going to keep going with it and see where it goes. Um, it seems like they've got a story that they want to tell. So I, I don't think they're just aimlessly, oh, I don't know what's coming next week uh, mm -hmm. or next month, I should say. Yeah. You know, I guess it's like a thing where I'm also disappointed. Not disappointed. I know Image, you know, Image does, you know, a lot of like, hey, create your own stuff. So there's more freedom there. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess my, my bar is always high for Image stuff where I'm like, okay, this is like... I know this is the creator's vision. Yes. You know, more than likely, or it's, it's altered as, as the least amount as possible. You right. Know, compared to the mm -hmm. other ones, compared yes. to the other publishers. Um, so I, I guess that's where my disappointment was, where I'm like, you know, and, and of all the original takes you could have done, you could have done anything you wanted here, it feels like, and it felt a little generic um, yeah. so far. But yeah, I think I might, I might continue it just to see where it goes. It's kind of like Puzzle Box, where it's like, if you don't have anything else to read... Mm -hmm. Go ahead and put this on the stack. This is not one that I would say put to the top of your list, but yeah. it's interesting enough to keep it on your list. I got you. Now, something that is the exact opposite of that is our main discussion this week. Saga, my 100% my favorite comic book. Now, whether it, ever, it's my favorite, or that's current. what I'm saying. Whether it's of all uh, time, mm -hmm. I think is yet to be seen because we're only at the halfway point. But if they stopped right now at the halfway point, it would be my all-time favorite. It is cur my current favorite, and mm -hmm. it's on its way to being my all-time favorite. Yeah, and actually, real quick, you know what? It, it, it is better than this greatest American hero thing, because <laughs> I've been watching a clip of this while we've, we've been talking, and just li this thing looks like trash. Well, um, <laughs> you have to put yourself in the 70s. This is not so, like... This is not 2001 where it's like, all right, you watch this, this 50 years later. he Jerry Curl. He's got a Jerry yes. Curl. Yes. Well, he is... A Caucasian man with a jerry curl, but in a, like in I said, red spandex. Yes, the thing that has lasted is the theme song. That's what most people remember about that show, rather than the show itself. So, again, yeah, so that speaks to anything. The premise yeah. of the show is like very similar to Radiant Black, so you know yeah. 
the premise mm-hmm. of Radiant Black. He finds this alien costume and he gives him superpowers. That's what the greatest yeah. American hero is. So Jeff W. Yeah. loves the greatest American hero, and I yeah. love Saga. So oh, yeah, that's right. let's get to a good thing. Yeah, Saga. <laughs> um, so I think we should start off. You read though. You recently read reread the whole thing. And yes. I the only reason I didn't reread it is because I kind of wanted to get your perspective on. Mm-hmm. rereading it um and going back and then me kind of being blind to that but also yes. um i was lazy and i didn't want to reread the whole thing <laughs> and it's, number two uh there is a spoiler that is quite literally the last page of the book no matter what you say i know you think like no no it's the last page no no i nah, think nah. the last page of content is the last nah. page and the last page of the book where we left off before this thing started again is the biggest spoiler in the entire series um yeah well we'll get to that because I do want to have a non-spoiler section for people who don't know about Saga, like yeah. Wonder Rob from the Geek So To Speak podcast, who don't know anything about Saga. I reread, because I was not caught up, yeah. issues 1 through 54. So I read 54 issues in a week. Now, the thing about that is, it's not um, a slow read. You can get through them pretty quickly, which is, you know, that was yeah. good for me. Now, yeah, yeah. now that I'm all caught up, and reading it month to month, that's going to be a downside for me because I'm going to be like, oh, man, where's the next ep- Where's the next issue? Um, but issue one debuted in 2012. Issue 54 debuted in 2018. So it went from 2012 to 2018. Then they took a pause and came back this week. So that is why I wanted to get caught up because mm-hmm. issue 55, and it was funny because I was reading the letters pages, which they have when you buy them on Comixology, and Brian K. Vaughn at the end of the last one, he's like, all right, we're going to take a short hiatus, which is going to be um, at least a year. He was like, we're going to recharge and come back. Now, this was 2018. Obviously, he didn't know about COVID, but yeah. when he came back in 2022, he's like, all right, guys, that was a little bit longer than we thought we were going to yeah. be, but we're yeah. back. And what I love about this new issue is the the cover is a parallel to the first issue of the series. So you can mm-hmm. put them next to each other and it's like, oh, that's okay. We could see the parallels of it. But I wanted, um, I loved it. Like I said, going back and reading from issue one to 54, it was great for me because I had forgotten a lot of the side characters. I knew the main mm-hmm. characters, but I had forgotten a lot of the side characters, forgot a lot of the side storylines and so binging it i was able to refresh everything and say oh yes okay i remember all this i remember loving this and then i had only like i said i was not completely caught up before that so actually getting the new material and new content for me it was only like a week for people who were reading it month to month it was three years in between yeah and that's been what it's been like for me i mean you know the the way i can put put it into like context with my life is like you got me you get you gifted me the compendium yes uh, the 50 the first 54 five, 54 issues yes um and i got that and i had been i'd caught up uh i think right before that but i think you had given me that or maybe i caught up right during that like i'd finally gotten to the final issues um and that was a while after the book finished, obviously, right? And then it's been, and I got that right before I moved out here, so it's been two years that I've had that book. You know what I mean? Like, it just has been forever since they've done something, like, in my mind. Um, right. So, yeah, it's been 
for somebody that was reading month to month like myself, yeah, this thing, um, it feels like it's been forever. Yeah, and that was, for me, a good thing. Like I said, being able to, to re- recap, go through 1 through 54. And I hadn't said it already, Brian K. Vaughn is the writer. He is my favorite writer of all time. That's why this is mm-hmm. all, always going to be my favorite book, is whenever he puts out a book, Brian K. Vaughn, it moves up to the top of my list. Fiona Staples is the artist, and she was new to me. I, did, I had never seen any of her work, but now she's the saga artist to me. Mm-hmm. Anytime you mention you know Fiona Staples, it's going to be... Oh, and in the new issue, when they came back with 55, Brian K. Vaughn was like, yeah, we added a couple new things. Fiona had a baby. She added a new life to her uh, family. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see her progression to go through it, Brian K. Vaughn always picks great artists to work with, but her stuff has been amazing. Even the covers, every issue starts out with a full page, like just a splash page. Always great. There's always one, usually near the end as well. Mm-hmm. And I can't say enough good things about it. So let's talk about the things that we liked about the series and then issue 55, because you read 55 also. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all caught up. I know. Okay. Uh, so, you know, yeah, you're going to be more fresh in my memory, uh, okay. or you're you're going to be more fresh in your memory, I should right. say, um, on what's happened. Um, so you have to remind me of some stuff too. But um, yeah, we're both we're both to- totally caught up. Okay. So what I want to say about the reason why I like Saga is it's a whole bunch of things. It's an amalgamation of all kind of things that I love in particular: science mm-hmm. fiction, fantasy the power of storytelling and myth, all of those things are fascinating to me. Yeah. And then on top of that, the thing, uh, something that I always love with good writers, and you could think about Tarantino in movies. It used to be Joss Whedon before he went crazy, but <laughs> making you care about characters, making you fall in love with these fictional beings, and then you care about what happens to them, that's always a plus. And that's, I think, how you really capture the magic of storytelling is making you want to live in that world. And that makes me think about like Pandora on Avatar, like people wanted to live in Pandora. You're able to create a world that doesn't exist. Star Wars is another thing. Create a universe and people, it's real in their minds. And Grant Morrison talks about this also, one of my favorite writers. The, The thing about storytelling that makes it universal and also timeless is those are ideas that live in your head and the ideas can become powerful because people continue those ideas. He said, Superman is more real than I'll ever be because he was here before I got here. He's going to be here after I leave this planet. So Superman, the idea of Superman is powerful. And that's what um, exists in Saga as well. Brian K. Vaughn, is a master storyteller. He's a master at making you fall in love with all of his characters from Runaways to Why the Last Man, Ex Machina, mm-hmm. Pride of Baghdad, all of those, you love those characters and you want to live in those worlds. And that's what yeah. I love about um, Saga because it combines, now I'm not a big fantasy guy. Like Lord of the Rings, medieval stuff was never my mm-hmm. thing when I was growing up. I like it now. But when I was growing up, I was always into futuristic things. So that's where the science fiction comes in. I've always loved science fiction, always loved future, futuristic mm-hmm. stuff. Saga combines both of those things perfectly. Like there's future tech, but there's also magic 
And there's also dragons. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was going to say, uh, it, and I guess the thing specifically about Brian K. Vaughn yes. is um, just to talk about how, like, the reason I like it so much. And when you introduced me to it, like, it's funny we have, like, you know, we both feel the same way, I think, about him, but we also have, like, different reasonings, or there's different things that I think stand out at the top of our, Like, you talk about, like, you know, caring about the characters. Yes. And I think the thing that tri- contributes to that for me is um, is the voice that he writes with when his, yes, like, right. his dialogue, yes. to me, it feels, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't know if I can say um, realistic maybe for somebody else, but when I read it, I'm like, oh, this is how I th- I think. This mm-hmm. is how I feel. You relate like to it. Yes. You know what it. You know what it was like? It's in, and I know some people probably would, you know, scoff at this, but it was kind of like when I first found like the Kevin Smith stuff. Yeah. And I was like, right. oh, somebody with right. like a unique voice right. and that like, you know, I can relate to uh, in, in that way. It's kind of like that to me. Um, yeah, I, can I just, see that. when he writes the dialogue, when they say things on screen, it feels like, or on on the panel, like the the what he writes, I, I it just feels like things that I would think of too, or like right. like and he he does like like you said the storytelling great, like characters react like in a realistic way to yes. things, and like right. they say things that make sense. It's not foreign to me, right? And he's doing it in a funny way. That's the same thing that drew us to Kevin Smith. Also, his yeah. sense of humor. Brian K. Vaughn's the same way. You can hear his voice throughout why the last man throughout saga like you just know that storytelling voice and like you said the dialogue between the characters everything always has a funny hint to it it's not like straight up comedy but it's a comedic tone there are funny things that happen but everything is realistic and that also plays into another thing that i love about the book is this is an adult book this is not for kids there's graphic nudity there's graphic violence yeah like it does not shy away from all of these things and that's what makes it great like there's nothing that's being censored the language and that's a lot of things that comics comic books in general and as a medium and a storytelling device there are things you can do in comics that you can't do in other mediums and Brian K. Vaughn takes full advantage of that. But the adult nature of it, I think, leads into the audience for it. There's a, a loyal, rabid following for Saga. Yeah. And I think it's similar to the Joss Whedon audience. It's women love it as much as men. And that's something that you have to have both sides if you're going to get like a, a truly universal hit on your hands. And a, like I've never seen more people have tattoos than Saga. Like... There are all kind of um, cosplay and tattoos of Saga. Yeah. And it's all because it's such a great story. People fall in love with it. And they, like I said, they want to live in those worlds. They want to be with those characters. But there are things that it does that other books don't do. And, and being an image, like you talked about earlier, yeah. not censoring the creative voice of these. And actually, the letter, yeah. um, I think it's Fantagraphics is what the letter goes by. It's uh, been the same group. Those three people have done all 55 issues, and I think they're going to go through. Brian K. Vaughn said they're 108 is where they're going to stop. Yeah. So all three of them, they, they don't switch creative teams. It's all one voice, and yeah. all of that is just makes for a, a fantastic product. And, and I guess, yeah, a couple of things I want to add on to that is, yeah, number one, image. This is why I like image. This is, 
And this is my book that I can like champion as like this book doesn't happen at the other ones. You know what I mean? Right. And it's not like a, I mean, it's not a knock. I mean, obviously we read those and I appreciate those. I mean, we, you know, how many, how much money have we spent in Marvel movies? You know, like we go see that. I, I can assume that content. It's, it's not like I dislike it, but this book doesn't happen at the other ones. And, and that's why I feel like, you know, it's one of the ones where I can be like, okay, well, you know, DC, you got this, 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 and this, and, you know, Spider-Mans and, and whatever. But, like, you can't make a saga. You can't do this, you know. Right. You know, you're going to yeah. have a tough time making a book that, that covers the the, you know, the characteristics of this thing. Right. And, and I think also to add to, you know, the uniqueness in, uh, of this book, too, is I think, and, you know, we were watching, I think we were both watching, like, Brian K. Vaughn interviews and looking stuff up, you know, in, yes. in anticipation uh, of reading this new issue and number one, it sucks that there's not much out there from him. You know, there's, you know, yeah, he's kind of like, he's been a hermit. He d yeah. He's not big on social media. He's not big on media appearances in general. Yeah. And he's not like doing, you know, video interviews and there's some stuff from like a year or two ago and stuff like yeah. that. So you can find stuff, but there's not a ton out there, but everything I've seen. And when you read the, uh, the notes in the back of the book, you know, from the letters and everything, um, I think it's it also has to do with a lot of way he he you know runs the things he does like I never feel like you know there's and not that I would say you know there's like compromises being made between an artist and and whoever is writing mm -hmm. but I think he almost like embraces it and I, I think the the one thing I could point out and I think you probably saw this in that interview is he talked about Fiona Staples when they first started doing the book when they were first planning it he was like. He asked her, he's like, all right, well, what do you hate drawing? He's like, yeah, we, won't, right. we won't do that. You know, I'm not right. gonna, it's, you know it's, this isn't something that's going to be like a, a thing you hate to do. Right. And she's like, he said that she was like, I don't like drawing techie stuff. And yes. he's like, oh, well, shit, you know, because we're doing <laughs> thing and we have a rocket in here. How the hell are we going to do that without it? And he's like, okay, well, then you just work around that. And your concept is like, okay, instead of this techie looking rocket ship, I'm going to make it. You know, we're going to make it a tree. It looks right. like a tree, but, you know, that's where the technology's advanced is you can make this, you know, or that's how this is and this, you can make it whatever you want, you know. And I think that contributes to a lot of the style of this book because this is like sci-fi, but it doesn't quite look like anything else because they have a ton of very organic shapes. There's right. a lot of, there's not a lot of like, you're not looking at like a computer board, a, you know, a motherboard you know, is what some of these places, I think what some other books would have done, right? Where right. a lot of this is just like technology and then like, you know, maybe this rocket ship looks super high tech and, and all this where with with that exception that they made of where he doesn't want her to draw things that she doesn't like, you get a more natural and a more interesting looking book. And that goes for all the characters, even the robot, you know, even the robot kingdom or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at that, there's, you know, obviously they, you know, they have our TV, there's technology as their head or whatever, but there's a lot of like organic shape to them. You know, yeah. there's more. Basically um, the rest of their body is human and their head is yeah, a computer, yeah. like a monitor. It's, yeah. And it's not like a block on their head. You know, they right. go with a more rounded look on, you know, they do, there's little things like that, that I think that make this unique. Um, and that's why I appreciate what they do with this thing is I feel like this is, you know, and he never, and if, you know, in those interviews, he never. You know, Brian Gavon never takes full credit for the book. He talks about it, you know, being a, a almost like a co-author on it because he's like, I'm not going to, you know, he talks about killing Lion Cat at one point 
And <laughs> Fiona being like, well, I'm not going to do the book anymore if we have to kill him. And he's like, all right, well, you know, don't worry, we're going to bring it back. You know, like he won't, you know, he makes the compromises that I think in, in good ways, um, which I think, you know, just extends to this whole book being great. Yeah. And even the Will's ship is a jellyfish. Like, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So there's, it extends to a lot of that stuff. Um, so, right. yeah, that is, it was great to see that interview where Brian K. Vaughn talked about that because, you know, me and you reading it, we don't know wh why is a spaceship a tree? We don't yeah. know, it, but it's a funny idea. Like, it's, it's a good idea. We've never seen that before. It looks unique. It looks cool. But then, like, to, realize oh, okay they they did it because of this reasoning you know right also i i want to say this book hits different as a father because when i was reading this originally in 2012 obviously i didn't have a son i yeah. had a son in 2021 and rereading one through 54 you know the motivations for things um the seeing like relating to the parents more now and I showed my wife because she's a huge saga fan. I also, like you, I introduced her to it. And it's one of her favorite books. We actually just went yesterday to two different comic shops here, local comic shops, and picked up the physical. Because I had, you know, I already have the digital um, sagas mm -hmm. every month. I have a subscription. Yeah. But we picked up the physical because, I, number one, I want to support Brian K. Vaughn, want to support Saga, and then also want to support the local comic shops. And... I want to show my wife because you know she doesn't have a lot of the experience that I have going to comic book shops. Yeah. So um, I, I took her there. We had a great time. Picked up Saga. They had. We talked to the guy. He saw my wife's Darth Vader tattoo on her back, and he struck up a conversation. Like Atomic Comics here in Gilbert, Arizona, is is a great comic book shop. Um, definitely highly recommend if you're in the area. Mm -hmm. uh, but. They had a whole saga spread set up. I put it on my Instagram stories. If you follow me, Vactor, um, had a great time there. And that leads into issue 55, which is the current one. So yeah. this is going to be a spoiler talk now. If, you, if you're not caught up on saga, don't listen to this. Fast forward ahead a couple minutes. And Jeff and I are going to talk about issue 55, the current issue. So number one, first thing you said to me, and I echo that statement was, it's good to have Saga back after how many, three years of yeah. not having Saga. And for me, it was longer because I wasn't caught up. So I want to say it had been five years for me. So having Saga back on a regular basis, I know there's a new one coming next month, is something yeah. that I haven't felt in a long time. It's fantastic to have that back in our lives. And it's like, like I said, it was like, it's kind of like, uh, what we do in the shadows. I'm like, when there's new ones right. of those, like, right. it's just a nice thing to have coming out. Um, right. Yeah. So yeah, they hit the ground running again. It's like, they never even left off. I, I felt no difference in the three years between issue 54 and 55. Mm -hmm. It picks right up where it left off. We have a new character who is on the cover of issue 55 and in the letters page, Brian K. Vaughan said his son contributed. He says his son is going to sue him for how much creative license he took with that character, how much he took from his <clears> son. <throat> and yeah, you could well, tell, like, all right, this guy's got, uh, it looks like koala bear ears. And, and a nose. Yeah. yeah, weird nose. And he's got a limb, artificial limb. Um, so we're introduced to a new character. It's been a couple years. It looks like Hazel has grown. 
Alana's in into some drugs, uh, dealing drugs now. Um, yeah, which I guess that is was... the, the reveal at the end, right? right. That's the final. We're smugglers. Final yeah. And is that, like, is that what they're dealers. selling at the beginning? I'm trying to remember at the beginning of so the issue. They're selling uh, formula for babies. That's what it is. Yes. But yes. I don't know. She's like, well, we have a side job. So I don't know if it's actually in that formula. I wouldn't think so. If they're trying to like sell to babies, I don't think there's drugs in the yeah. baby's formula. It'd be but, an interesting take on that. <laughs> yeah. So she's trying to do that. Prince uh, Prince Robot's son, Squire, has now been adopted by them, but he has not spoken a word since what happened in issue 54, mm. which was Prince Robot died, and so both of the dads died. Yeah, so recap this a little bit, too, because I remember, so, because I remember just seeing, because when I, when I finished it and I saw Marco lying dead on the last page, yeah. that's, I think, I, I think I mean, we talked right after that, or I texted you, I was like, hey, man, if you're going to read this book, yes. avoid, you know, number one, you should always try to avoid spoilers if you right. can. But I'm like, man, this this last page is like, holy shit. You know what I mean? Like, you're Yeah, like, I remember that. You're like, here we go. Like, this is, you know, don't, that's why I was almost like trying to encourage you to catch up then. Because I'm like, man, if you just happen to, like, if I let you borrow that book and you just happen to fall to the last page, you know? Right. I'm like, you're going to get spoiled, you know? And, and it's oh, yeah. like, it's hard to avoid, you know? Right. Yeah. And. So, what he was has, the circumstances of of the robot king? What's his name? Or I'm trying to remember his prince, the prince robot, the, the prince. fourth. Yeah, he was killed by the will, same as Marco. He killed okay. both of them. Yeah. Okay. He gets both. Okay. Yeah. That's why. And the thing I did not like about this book, mm-hmm. this issue, I should say, issue fifty five, was Marco's ex, Gwendolyn. Oh now, yes. The whole time, Gwendolyn has been kind of like combative with him and he's my ex he's an a-hole he's a jerk whatever but it always seemed playful it always seemed like oh yeah that guy's a jerk whatever but she never it didn't seem like she had any ill will now she ended up murdering the author that they liked in that lighthouse yeah in the lighthouse yeah right now Gwendolyn in this issue I don't I kept waiting for it to be like a joke or to be like a twist or something, but mm. it seems like she really did not like Marco. And yeah. or like the there was like a yeah, it seems like there's like a sudden turn from like you know estranged ex to like murderous like yeah, like she went dark like she so when she saw his skull, oh he's dead. She like screams out and I don't know if she starts crying, but. You're like, oh, I didn't know you. Oh, no, the, the wheel's like, I, I knew you guys had a thing. And she's like, oh, no, these aren't tears. These are tears of joy. And I was like, that's kind of dark. Like, you just yeah. saw this guy's skull. And you're talking about you're crying. And then she does it with the, the will, the guy that killed her ex. Yeah. Then she has a graphic sex scene with him. Yeah. And I was like, and then the lion cat watches. Oh, yeah, I yeah, think the lion was... cat likes watching it. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, wait a minute. We liked these characters, I thought, because they had a whole separate storyline where it was Gwendolyn, Sophie, yeah. you know, the girl that they rescued from the, um, mm-hmm. the brothel, and Lion yeah, yeah. Cat. They had went on their own. And so they were a, a trio that we were following. Now, everybody loves Lion Cat. But then yeah. it was like, this was like, are they supposed to be bad guys? Are we not supposed to be liking these people? Yeah. That well, kind of... Yeah, it's interesting uh, a take on that because, like, yeah, I think it's 
you know, and it tried to give the will, I think, a relatable storyline. Remember, he like gained yes, all that weight, right, and right. then like, and he that. rescued Sophie. He was the one who yeah. rescued her from the brothel. Yeah, and it's like, okay, so he's still just a gigantic piece of shit. I guess yeah. is like where now, this is coming back to. Or Hazel actually yeah. has mentioned that from the beginning. Now she's always been the narrator throughout this from the mm -hmm. future. Yeah. And she's always talked about the will like he was a bad guy. And but the way that his story has been told, you're kind of relating to him, you kind of like him. Yeah. And you see he's had some messed up stuff, like the issues that he's got mentally. First of all, he was like still in love with the spider assassin. Oh, yeah. And she oh got my killed. God. Yeah, it's been so long since I've yeah. Yeah. So right. he was having she was flashbacks in his head for a yes. while. Yeah. Because he was taking that drug and it was causing you to see your first love. So mm. she was talking to him. Then he was having stuff with his sister who, who was introduced as another bounty hunter. Then she got killed. And so he had two people that were, he was really close to that he lost. And then Lion Cat left. He got overweight. And then he, another bounty hunter came in and made him a slave. And so it was like, oh yeah, we're really relating to this guy. He's just down on his luck, but he's, a, he's got a good heart. Like he rescued Sophie. But now yeah. it's almost starting to seem like, this guy's kind of like trash. Like we don't really like the will. And that's the yeah. way Hazel has always talked about him. So I don't know what to think about that. I'm kind of like, mm -hmm. I'm halfway love him and halfway hate him. Cause I like his character, the will, but right. Yeah. I think there's yeah. interesting things that happen, but yeah, you're kind of like, you're like, okay, well now are these the, cause you, I guess you figure we're only like halfway in. Yes. Right? We're halfway through the story and, and we know Hazel. the only thing we know for sure is that Hazel lives because she's telling the story. She's the narrator yeah. of this whole yeah. thing. So, or at least is currently until they, if they hit like a current, you know, right. Yeah. Like I don't know what they, they hit issue 80 and then it's current. Right. And then from there you don't have that narrative. Possibly. Narration. Yeah. Be Which crazy, I could but, very yeah. well see Brian cave on doing that, mm -hmm. but I want to see what happens with the will. Is he going to get redeemed? Cause you can pretty much redeem any character. Um, we saw that even with Kylo Ren in Star Wars. He kills right. Han Solo, and then at the mm -hmm. end they redeem him, right? He's a good guy. Yeah. So there's nobody that you can't redeem in fiction. But as of right now, I don't like Gwendolyn, and I don't like the will. Like, yeah. the way that this issue hit me, like, it left a bad taste in my mouth seeing that sex scene. And, and they mm -hmm. were like, they just didn't care about Marco, who we, we all came to love um as a character yeah. so it was almost like the star of the of the show yeah. right and i actually when he died i had to take a step back and say oh yeah this story is not about him and alana it's really hazel's story yeah. and we know that them because that's her parent but yeah originally you're set up like it's their story alana and hazel i'm sorry yeah. alana and marco yeah, and that's the thing. I was like, it's like you know, you realize like she's narrating it, but it was definitely had the feeling of like, oh, they killed the main character. Yeah, like, and that's getting a hundred percent. That's just Brian K. Vaughan doing what he does best as a writer, pulling on your heartstrings, making you care for somebody, and then taking them away. Joss Whedon was famous for that, also, like mm. because most fiction, you know, the good guys are going to win. You know, the good guys are going to survive. And there yeah. isn't that much narrative drama there, but Not when they stakes, die, you know, yeah, there's no stakes. So when yeah. those guys die, it's like a big deal. It's like, you better have a really good reason for killing Gwen Stacy, right? Like you yeah. better have a really good reason for killing somebody that's a main character that mm -hmm. everybody loves. And 
Brian K. Vaughn, I'm 100% sure he's going to stick the landing of this. It's, yeah. Like I said, it's my favorite book, but at the ending, it, the ending is going to change maybe how I feel about it overall. Yeah. There's going to be a, a solid like 10 final issues that are going to determine how. <laughs> right. Like, and I why The Last Man was like that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I, and I think too, I was going to say, um, you know, the stakes being high, like it also prevents a character from being, uh, let's long in the tooth, let's say, you know, like they come in to this book, they serve their purpose and they, you don't get tired of them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I think that's been, uh, something that in this story, you know, like a lot of the characters are memorable because they come in, they do their, it's like the spider assassin. Not only is it super unique, she's there, she serves the purpose and it's not something where, you know, it's long dragged out and I have to like, you know, also track this character. You know what I mean? Um, right. So I do like that aspect of him, you know, being willing to do that. But it is kind of like shocking in some way. That, that that final issue of that, of the, went before they came back was like, like, oh, wow, they actually did it. Like, you know. Yeah. And was, even was Prince crazy. Robot. Like, that was a character that you didn't like yeah. him at first. Mm-hmm. And they kind of redeemed his character. And then they took him away. Yeah. Same thing. Like, I came to care about Prince Robot. Now you care about his son, Squire. And you find mm-hmm. out that he hasn't um, spoken in you know years, yeah. so I will, the, I really want to see where that goes. Yeah, and I, and I guess I guess my concern there is like I'm like, hey man, like you know, don't get too crazy. We need some people to care about here. You know what I mean? We need yeah. some like likable characters. Right. I mean, like you know, I guess that that sets up you know anybody being on the chopping block yes uh, there are no one is safe um, that's what i was saying no one's safe except for hazel really yeah at this point. all right that'd be the only one you can think of that's really that's really safe and i feel like you know once we get to the end of this book i feel like it's going to look a lot different and i feel like maybe a lot of these characters are not going to be around oh yeah uh, yeah i mean uh, if just looking back from 2012 to 2022 if you mm-hmm. look back at that first issue there's so much that changes like Almost nothing is the same from that first issue. But yeah. that's always what's great about, you know, good storytelling is there's an arc. The characters are not in the same place at the end that they were at the beginning. Right. And Saga is no different. I could see this as a TV show, although Brian K. Vaughn said he doesn't he wants it to exist only in comics because of like I said, there's certain things that you can only do in comic books, but yeah, yeah, I don't. Saga, it's, I don't want it to have "Why the Last Man" syndrome yeah. on the TV show, and I don't yep. want it to have "Preacher" syndrome, right? Because you're never, and this speaks to like our point earlier, of where you have freedom with image, you're not going to have the freedom with a major network or streaming service. They're just, I don't think you're going to make this book into something that's, you know, I mean, anything's possible, and I, you know, I would given the right people, I would trust it, but yeah, I would prefer this stays in this medium. So, excellent. I'm very happy that Saga is back, the space opera fantasy comic book. You can actually read the first issue online for free. I'll have a link in our show notes, but Image has provided the first issue for free. Once you get hooked, go ahead and buy all the issues. This is one of those ones that I would buy the floppy, I would buy the paperback, I would buy the hardcover, Mm -hmm. and then the omnibus or the box set when they when all those things yeah. are put together. And I was it's say, my I guess favorite book. If you're into buying, and I've even thought about, I have the omnibus of the all the issues, all yes. 54, 50, mm-hmm. what is it, 54? 54. 54. Mm-hmm. 54. Um, and even even though 
I have that. I'm th- I'm probably going to go back and buy these hardcovers. Oh yeah. Uh, volumes well, and I'm going to You also get new the, art on those hardcovers that you don't get anywhere else. Those hardcover covers yeah. are pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, so that's going to be over probably to fill out my bookshelf uh, yeah. here soon. It's, it's it'll great. probably be the ones that I buy. Yep. 100%. So that's Saga and I, uh, Jeff and I both highly recommend. That's why we wanted to put it as our main discussion this week. And we're yep. very happy it's back. Probably going to be talking about it um, as each new ip- issue appears um, monthly. So one thing I did want to talk about, Jeff, which I forgot to talk about last week, our boy Wonder Rob from mm-hmm. Geek, so to speak, actually gifted me an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Now, I'd never seen an episode before. Didn't know anything about it until Rob mentioned it on his podcast on Geek, so to speak. He talks about drag race all the time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know anything about it. The reason why I wanted to watch it and why Rob gifted it to me is because Alicia Keys was the host, the guest, I should say the guest host of this season 14, episode two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alicia Keys is my favorite artist, my favorite music artist. And you know, before I w- met my wife, most beautiful woman in the world, Alicia Keys. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Rob gifted it to me. I watched it. RuPaul's Drag Race, I gotta say, Jeff, is a pretty good reality show. If you like reality, like, um, con- mm-hmm. contests, like, there's reality shows that, all right, it's the real world. We're just gonna follow these people, or Kardashians. We're just gonna follow what they're doing then there's the ones that are like competitions like game shows drag race yeah. is like that it's like american idol they they eliminate people to the end and then the, the last person standing is the the queen for that season i guess yeah. so this season there's and two i was gonna say i guess you're gonna get this but what are they doing like what is the challenges like what like, you know i know they're not they're obviously not doing physical challenges like they're right. not making them you know right Climb so a wall I, and then uh-huh. run 50 miles or whatever. Right. Like, I think me and you are the same. I didn't have any knowledge of drag queens before, except for Tu Wong ex- Fu. Except for the existence, yeah. 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 And there was a movie that Woody Harrelson and, and um, Blade, mm-hmm. uh, Wesley Snipes, they did called Tu Wong Fu, Julie Newmar, Thanks for Everything, whatever. Uh-huh. So they're doing drag queen events, basically, is the best uh-huh. way I can describe it. So lip syncing, um, r- walking the runway, uh, dressing up. Like, there are different things that you would see at a drag show, and then the judges are judging them based off of that. Like, oh, that was a good lip sync, or, oh, that was a good... Um, there's a talent contest where... or talent portion where somebody plays a guitar in this episode. There's one where, mm-hmm. all right, you're really good at uh, makeup. You're really good at dressing up. This season in particular is different because there's a there's a straight contestant, the very first straight contestant on Drag Race. Uh-huh. But it's funny because you don't seem all that straight to me. Yeah. If you would ask me <laughs> if this guy was straight. And it's funny because my wife watched it also. She's like, that guy seems a little uh, yeah. fabulous. <laughs> That's the code word when we see somebody on TV. Yeah. It sounds a little fabulous. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so... It was interesting to see just the the drag queen stuff and then also the straight person because that causes some drama between the other contestants when RuPaul comes they, on there. Because this, be this is the 14th season. 
kind of stepping in on something. Well, I guess yeah. they have to change it up, but you're kind of like, it's like, hey, like, why is this person on here? This is not. Yeah. And this is like me being on there. Like, it's clearly not my thing. Right. <laughs> you know, because if they had done it from the beginning, okay, they have straight people and they have gay people, but this mm-hmm. is 14 years of this. Yeah. And they're just now introducing a straight person. So all the other contestants are used to, oh, everybody's gay, right? So when mm-hmm. they reveal, RuPaul's like, hey, guys, we got the first ever straight guy. All the mm-hmm. other people are like, what? Yeah. And they all and look at him, and everybody goes crazy. And say, when I've heard Rob talk about it, he's always you know, talked about how funny he finds the show, yes. um, which I guess is probably the main draw, um, which is interesting to me. But... Um, so yeah, how much have you watched? Did you watch just that? Season? Yeah. You just heard the, oh, well, actually, I watched that episode and then the following episode after that because mm-hmm. Alicia Keys has a little bit more um, to go. And yeah. I guess Lizzo was on the first season or the first episode, and then Alicia Keys was on the second one. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll dip back in to see other judges, other um, guest judges, and then at the end to see what the final result is. I probably won't watch every episode, but. Right. It was interesting, and it's like any reality show. It's like if you care about the characters, like remember the one we watched, um, what was it, 90 Day Fiance? It was like, oh, this guy's funny egg man. He looks like an egg. Oh, He's got like yeah. there's funny things about these guys. So you want to see it based on who these characters are. It's the same thing with this. With Drag Race, there's different contestants that, oh, okay, I like that guy. I don't like that guy. And you mm-hmm. want to see them to the end. So. Um, I do want to see some, there's like a British guy that was kind of cool. Um, see what happens to those people at the end and then see the guest judges. So Wonder Rob, thank you for gifting me RuPaul's Drag Race. And if that, if what I described is interesting, that's something you'd probably enjoy. Jeff, I don't think this is your cup of tea, but mm-hmm. it was interesting then to say the least. I can see why it's it's lasted 14 seasons. Yeah. And I guess like I, when Rob was talking about it, it's like I could see the comedy aspect, but I'm also not a reality show person. I've kinda, ah, okay. So you're kind of, yeah. I don't, you'd be, you'd have a tough time. I don't, I mean, I don't know who you could put on a reality show to make me like seriously watch it. I mean, even. Well, Kid Cuddy. Yeah. I mean, but even that would be tough. I'd be like, uh, I don't know what oh, he's doing. Dang. It makes me question more what he's doing than what hey. I'm watching, uh, to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah. That's just a tough, um, just reality or like competition shows. I've kind of. Right. They're just not my thing. Okay. And I love reality shows, so that may be why I also liked Drag Race. Yeah. All right. So let's finish up the week this week, Jeff, with... I think you and I can both recommend this week's episode of The Book of Boba Fett. Now, yeah, are we is, spoiling this or no? Yeah, let's go ahead and spoil it. Episode 5, if you haven't seen Book of Boba Fett, episode 5, go watch it right now. It's, if you're a Star Wars fan, if you're... A fan of The Mandalorian, you got to watch episode five. All right, let's spoil it, Jeff. Yeah, go ahead and watch the first episode of season three. Uh, yeah. it's, 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 it's buried in the Book of Boba Fett show. <laughs> so that's been kind of some criticism. People are like, the Book of Boba Fett had the, or I guess the worst mm. thing about the Book of Boba Fett is the best episode contained another character, and there is no... Not a single mention of Boba Fett in this episode. Not a single uh, instance he's shown on end. camera. Until the end, right? Until Well, the um, Phoenix she Shan. Yeah. yeah, she comes on and she's like, I need to recruit you. But yeah. up to that point, yeah, it was really just an episode of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, which is why I loved it. I know. I was going to say this was like easily the best thing. And then like, I guess 
uh, I guess Baby Yoda is going to get some best car. Oh, armor, yeah. Is what and it we, sounds like is happening. We think it's chain mail because it was so small. And then we saw those chain links. Yeah. So yeah. So I wonder what. Because what originally, with that. when she was melting down that, that spear, I thought it was going to be just like a lot of fan fiction out there. All right. He's getting the Mando suit on yeah. Baby Yoda. That's what he's yeah. getting. But right. then when she wrapped it up in that little bow and it looked kind of looked like his ears. Yeah. I was like, oh, shoot, this is probably going to be like a lot smaller. Yeah, just something small to put on him or whatever. Um, yeah. Do you think they do you think they address that in this show or do you think that moves on to whatever season three of The Mandalorian is? Probably that, I think, right? Yeah, I think it's going to be going straight to Mando because they've only got like two episodes left. <laughs> Right. book and, of boba fett so it's like what the hell's going on with boba fett yeah so you have to like address so there i think this is almost like a weird tease you know it yeah. almost, almost made me think like how what if they just made these shows kind of all in one you right. know like it feels like what if this right. was like the boba fett? what if the mandalorian was the boba fett show and you right. also had this new mandalorian well i think uh, that's why they titled know. it the book of boba fett instead of like just boba fett season one or whatever i think yeah. the book of is supposed to be all right here's his journal it's like a side thing um but it's definitely like a mando spin-off because it's taking place in the same timeline boba fett appeared in mandalorian season two that's where he came back mm-hmm. and now mando appears in in his show so they're all, definitely all tied together and Boba Fett is is supposed to be fighting some type of war coming up, and he was recruiting muscle. So we yeah. all thought it was going to be Mando, but at the end of this, he's like, "Yeah, I'll help you out, but I got some other things to take care of first. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go have season three of my show, and I'll be back." Yeah. So I think it's going to be Black Chrysanthemum. I think that's who the muscle is. They've already set that up. Of oh, he's mm-hmm. on good terms with them. He set him free, and all the fans already love Black K. So. He's got to be the the muscle that they're talking about. Yeah, and I mean, and that's why I guess the only thing I was kind of disappointed was that they just went back to Mando a little bit. I was hoping maybe for some other, you know what I mean? Like this would be this would be your chance to bring in other characters, you know? Right, right. Um, to bring, and they could still do that in the next episode. But I mean, at a certain point here, you're gonna have to get this story moving along with who you're fighting and and what's right. happening, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, I think. You know, I it's it's kind of a yeah, it's like a bit of a a catch twenty two. Or hey, I like this, and hey, it's a Mando episode. I think that was the first thing I texted you. I was like, oh, it's, we get a Mando show, okay. Right. You know, like here it is. Yep. But I'm also at the same time I'm like, I'm like, man, like this is weird. Or you know, I'm I'm wondering, I'm I, I wonder if the naming of this would have been better if they would have said, you know, Mandalorian colon Book of Boba Fett. You know, what I mean, like if this would have been a Instead of yeah, like the Mandalorian, branch, yeah, you know, give this like the title under that show, right. and, and this is like the sub, you yeah, know, thing, which I guess is you can kind of infer that it's that, um, yeah, yeah well, I definitely it, think it's just, it's just weird a little yeah. bit, yeah, right? I that think. probably would have set people's expectations up better for it, um, yeah, but it it's progressing nicely. I, I'm liking the way this season is progressing, and this episode, <laughs> I was loving it, you know. From the opening, the reveal of Mandalorian, the Dark Saber comes out. Like it made me remember all the things I love about Mandalorian, the show. Yeah. And at the end of it, I was like, more, more. Yeah. So, and I'm, and I'm, this, there's things like the opening where you're like, 
you know, oh yeah, like what <laughs> you know, what's about to go down right now? And yes. like, just having his face. I mean, you know, anybody can rank whatever Star Wars stuff they want. I'm just all I'm saying is is that the Mandalorian to me is like, you know, you get past that original trilogy and like the Mandalorian's right there. Like yeah. just in terms of like where like what they do, right. the production quality, the story they're telling. This thing is the and I, it's just some of the best Star Wars stuff that you can possibly watch or consume. And uh yeah, I just anytime Mando's on screen, you know, it's funny cuz it's like and I think we both were a little bit down on the book of Boba Fett, like not as high as Mandalorian. Right. And then it's just interesting to me that as soon as he comes back, it's like it peaks again, right? Like right. The, whatever the character that they're building here to me is so interesting and so and I wouldn't have guessed that, you know, like before they did these these series. Oh yeah. I would have been like, oh, yeah, they just do Boba Fett. That's the Boba Fett show. Mandalorian's the Boba Fett show. And then when it ended up not being, I was like, oh, well, you know, what is that? But then it ends up being better, you know, than yeah. I think what they're doing with Boba Fett currently. Even though I think I'm more of a fan of the book Boba Fett than maybe maybe you and maybe some other people are. Um, but, you know, that being said, I mean, obviously I'm not I'm not stupid. I mean, the man anytime the Mando's on screen, it's like they're they're killing it, basically. Yeah. So Book of Boba Fett, episode five, is our weekly recommendation for everybody out there. That's going to wrap up this episode of Seasons Change. We'd like to thank you for listening. Don't forget, you can always check us out on social media, Twitter and Instagram, seasons underscore podcast. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show like we did earlier on Anchor, the website, or Anchor, the app. Don't forget to rate us in Apple Podcast or Spotify now. You can leave us a nice rating and share us with all your friends and family. Let them know that Seasons Change is here. Jeff, I think I hear something in the background. It's not Wonder Rub. It's not our boy Shoff, who you can check out his Fiverr page in our show notes. But it does sound like something. You know what that is, Jeff? No. It's the seasons changing. Yeah, we know we know it's not Rob because there's no fucking farts going on. <laughs>